This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. There's no other way to start today other than happy birthday, Craig. I made it very much. I wanted you to think I didn't remember, but I always remember. I appreciate it. Thanks, bud. How old? 49. 49. Yeah. Is that why you went with the grandpa sweater today and the gray beard? I did, yeah. Fucking spectacle glasses. Like totally. Look- I'm growing out the beard right now. I look literally like a caveman. It's actually, it's actually, I like this because, um, I have a haircut on the 21st and I have long hair right now. Beard looks like I've been in the bush for like a year. Yeah. And you know what I love about it? I'm going to go get my haircut. I'm going to shave the beard. I'm going to get all sweet and tight and looking great. And, uh, yeah. It's, but uh, I don't think you should do that because your head doesn't suit short hair. Oh, bullshit. It doesn't. Your jawline comes out. <laughs> Stop. Okay. Yeah, all right. Here we go. It looks I've like had, have, I've had, lo- like I've had short hair my entire life. And now, now all of a sudden you're just going to. When I played with you in Buffalo, you had longer hair. No, I didn't. Yeah, you did. I have a picture of you with longer hair in the locker room. Okay. So anyway, you kind of look like uh, with that sweater and the beard and the glasses, minus the trucker hat. You kind of look like what Abe Lincoln would look like on a on a Sunday. You know what I was thinking? I woke up this morning. Wife came upstairs, said happy birthday. You know, we're sitting there talking and, um, you know, she's like, you're almost 50. And I'm thinking to myself, man, I am I am quite frankly, could be the most immature 49 year old on the planet i'm i'm sitting there my daughter just went back to college she turned 21 and uh just being around her i feel like man god she is so much more mature than i am i'm just like a big goofball all the time love to have fun love to joke around you know it's just that's just me and then my wife's kind of uh certainly uh running the household very serious and uh um I'm just a uh, goofball, man. The other day, and I'm 49. <laughs> and I feel, I feel like I'm 19. I swear to God, in my brain, I have a 19 year old brain, and I'm just 49. Hey. That's it. Yeah, I was just laughing about the other day. The other day, when you were doing something on the computer, and our Zoom was still running, and you brought the computer down to Krista. And you guys are sitting there like going over something, trying to get like a tax form. And I'm listening yeah. to the two of you go over this. And then all of a sudden I said, do you guys want me to mute you? And she's like, is Andrew on the freaking computer? <laughs> it's unbelievable. She gets, so, she gets so irritated with me, right? Like she's, you know, she, she knows what uh, she's doing with that damn computer. And I'm just like, I had to scan something, email it, send it. And it's just like, for most people, that's just easy stuff. But, uh, it it's it's just not and she's and she's shown me literally i i mean a thousand times but i just can't uh it's just going in one year and out the other like a lot of things so anyway what would you do if mike babcock called you into his office and says hey andrew can i see uh can i see your family can i see some pictures of your family and open up your phone uh y- yes yeah, Is it just on, pictures of the out. family, though? So Paul Bissonnette came out with a report yesterday that Mike Babcock has been at it again with his antics. Mike Commodore was quick to get on. Okay, I'll stop for a second. Can I just on. stop? Because I'm going to stop you throughout your little your little thing. Antics? I don't like the word antics. Don't like it. the word antics. Go you ahead. Don't think Mike, you don't think Mike Babcock has been known to have bully yeah. tactics and antics? Oh, well, you know what? Shit, we can sit here and go, oh, you, you don't think Lindy Ralph had bully tactics? <laughs> yeah, you, you know think, what? Uh, he might, John Lindy Portarello Ruff had bully have. tactics. You can go Lindy through the Ruff. whole goddamn league back in that day and say that they had bully tactics. So yeah, let's, just, uh, let's just roasted. leave the Mike Babcock um, bully tactics to rest because, you know, he's a little bit older. He's a little bit different. 
Um, he's trying to figure out and um, he's trying to figure out his team. And, you know, obviously accusations coming from Paul Bissonette, Paul Bissonette getting his information from a former player, a former player of uh, Mike Babcock um, has heard what, what Mike Babcock is doing in Columbus. And now this, the spidey senses and everybody is going back and, and, and losing their marbles over what's being, what's happened. And it's being, we were not quite sure yet if it's being blown out of proportion, but two reports coming from Columbus, one from Boone Jenner and one from Babcock, I think. Boone Jenner saying that he only asked for pictures of the family and the conversation scene. I don't know. It was, I, I'm paraphrasing here because I, I just in I his office, it's in his office talking to the captain of the hockey team, getting to know his captain right before training camp. They sit down, they have a conversation. Mike Babcock shows Boone Jenner his family, his kids, his wife, his dog. Things that happened, you know, maybe he traveled. I don't know what the conversation was. And he and he asked Boone Jenner, he's like, would you, can you show me some pictures of your family? If you're Boone Jenner, does, does your spidey senses go through the roof and all of a sudden now um, think Common that there's question, something wrong with know, this? Like, I mean, it's nice of someone to take interest in, in your personal life like that, especially a coach. Right? Yeah. Where where we get where we get into gray area, and this is what I don't know. This is what's been said. I've heard it on some uh, different media outlets. Um, what has been said was, and I don't know if this is true. This is this is the the most important thing. I don't know if this is true. It's the one word but they allegedly or speculation or speculation allegedly that they took a phone from a player and plugged it in so you could basically see all of his photos on a, on a live screen and they went through the photos to get to know that that player that was that was the the mindset of Mike Babcock now here's this I think that it, it clearly, clearly makes it a, a very uncomfortable. And I don't know if this is the exact words. I just, all I'm hearing is from, you know, Bizonet who thinks he's, uh, you know, God's gift to uh, the media world now. It's, and he, you know, he roasts Mike Babcock with not actually 100% knowing the facts. I don't think anybody really knows the facts right now. There's a lot of speculation out there. Oh, but I'll I just, say this though. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Maybe Babcock did it with other players that maybe he had more influence over because Mike Commodore said that allegedly it happened with a very young, up-and-coming, high-end prospect. Could you tell me who you might be able to speculate on who that is? And... He said that he made him pull his pictures up and put them on the on the screen or whatever the case may be. So yeah. maybe Babcock does that with the younger player, but then you get a guy like Boone Jenner where you're just kind of like, oh, I want to see your pictures of family. So then Boone Jenner's like, he didn't fucking do that. I'm the captain of this team. Are you going to fucking say that about our coach? He, he did that. Maybe yes. he picks and chooses who he wants to bully because I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you something. Boone Jenner has been in this league a long time. He's been through a few coaches. Okay. And I'm going to tell you what. I don't think Mike Babcock scares Boone Jenner one bit. So well, why why would why would any thirty plus year old man that's been in the league forever? It was no different than be you coming scared here. of a coach. He's the coach, but young. You know how young players are, and if you look at what happened here in Buffalo and the influence that that management has when they have your. You're literally your balls in a sling because they control your entire destiny. doesn't matter what round you were drafted. They control your entire destiny. Okay. So I think Mike Babcock does like that. I think he likes that fear factor. I don't know if that that's enough to, to shit on him, but I'll tell you what though, Craig. Boone Jenner's one thing. 
some of these other players and the speculation of some of these other ones are are what is is most interesting here because it was Mitch Marner that he took down in Toronto. It wasn't Phil Kessel. It wasn't Dion yeah. Phaneuf. I don't even know if those guys were still there at the time. Rookie but at the time, right? Yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't those guys. It was Mitch Marner that he buried. Yep. You no. Know? So it's like. Yep. Babcock picks and chooses. Now he hammered on the Mike Medano thing. He took Mike Medano down. Mm-hmm. Not sure if Mike Medano really gives that a was shit. fucking 20 years ago, but if we still want to talk about that, it was a poor okay. move. And I okay. think Mike Babcock, I think Mike Babcock. Can now he going change? Back and, can he change? Fucking change. Change. What are you talking about? Change. He made a bad decision. If you were to ask Mike Babcock now, now that he's 20 years older, okay, in a very different situation in life, I think he would change some things that he would do just like you would change some things that you did in your career, in your time. And I'm going to tell you right now, I've got a fucking grocery list of things that I could change in my time, but we're going to sit here and throw a shit sandwich on Mike Babcock because at the time he thought that he was doing the right thing. I don't want to hear bully tactics because every single coach in the league in the 90s and early 2000s were bullies. Every We don't like that word. I don't like hearing the word bully. They were all bullies. Every single one of them. They all coached the same way. So we're going to sit here and we're going to, uh, you know, bar- bar- make this barrage at, uh, you know, Mike Babcock because he's trying to get to know a team that he does not know. They're young um, there's a great group of, uh, of players there. He's trying to get to know one another. He's got, he's, he's trying to get this group to know each other that much better. You know, Johnny Goudreau came out, talked about the meeting that he had in the summer, positive interaction, found the photo sharing exercise, a cool and unique way to get to know the player. Johnny Goudreau have a family. Uh, I don't Johnny, know. Johnny Goudreau, one of the star players on the team. I, again, that's Johnny Goudreau. You think Johnny Goudreau is going to sit and take that shit from Babcock? I like no, Mike Babcock. I, I want to make one thing clear. You're, I would you're, have loved to play for Babcock, not because I needed that style of coach. That's not the style of coach that I needed, but I liked Mike Babcock. Every time I saw Mike Babcock, he coached my brother. He was hard on my brother on the Team Canada. He's that kind of coach. But every time I saw Mike Babcock, running the running the hallway before a game or morning skate on the bench always said hi to me and I always said hi to him I have a lot of respect for that guy and I know guys don't like him and I get that I mean I never played for him so I don't have that I laugh at that stuff I do laugh and I don't be quite honest with you I don't really give a shit what Babcock does I don't care what he did to Mitch Marner gives a shit you have someone, like you said, in Paul Bissonnette, who is very connected and has been very vocal about this. And now you are hearing counter reports from players on the team defending yeah. the coach. Yeah. And here's the thing. There's, there's another way that the players can react to this. Instead of defending and saying, hey, I thought it was actually a lot of fun. And I thought it was really good. And it, it, it kind of like got to, you, you got to know a little bit more about each player, blah, blah, blah. Or there could have been guys that have come out and basically not roasted Babcock and said it's bullshit. And I felt uncomfortable and all this, they could have come out and said things like, well, I thought it was a little strange when he asked me to do that. That right there is a player that's not okay with it. Okay. There has been no reports of players come out and, and speak in a, in a way that there's the other side of this whole thing that the players were not okay with this. There's been no reports of that. None. Because right now, Babcock is doing something that maybe he's done in the past. Maybe he uh, didn't do it properly in the past. Maybe he's changing things a little bit. I'm trying to get to know his players, get to know the team, this and that. Um, I, I, I don't like the idea of putting players on the spot and taking their phone, plugging it in and then, and then sharing it on a big screen and then not knowing what's in that phone. I would feel uncomfortable with that. That wouldn't be okay with me, but I don't know if that's happened. Right. So you you certainly don't want to feel as a player, like your privacy is being invaded by anybody because in reality, like, yes, that your teammates are your closest 
closest people to you during a hockey season, but you also have an outside life, regardless of whether you're married with kids or not. I mean, and some of those things don't have to be on display for the team. Not everybody needs to know everything about you on a team. Okay. Guys deal with stuff all the time. I remember hearing stories long after the fact of what guys were dealing with during certain seasons. And you're just kind of like, holy shit, he was able to perform and put all that aside and, and go out and, and actually play at a high level with all this stuff going on with his, his father passing away or his, this guy going through a divorce or that guy dealing with a, a an ailing brother or sibling or family member. I mean, there's been so many different scenarios where I've seen players go out and, and, and play through things, but, but that doesn't mean that, that their life has to be on display for everybody to know everything. So I guess all I'm saying is if, if this is true, what he's done to some of these players, what do you do about it? I mean, the fit, like the, the things that Boone Jenner and, and Goudreau are saying, I mean, that's totally, that's completely fine. Me as a coach, I mean, I don't know that I would need to see pictures, though. Like, if I'm sitting there and you and I, Craig, are, we're getting to know each other, be like, so tell me, you know, you have family, kids, yeah, you know, four kids, blah, 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 North Bay in the summer, you know, this, that. And the other let thing. me ask you this: If you, I don't had... know that I'd be like, oh yeah, uh, let me let me see picture of your kids and the dog and everything, and I'd say, let me see your place in North Bay. I'd say, let me see, you know, you got a sick pad here in Buff. Let me see it. What do you got? Let me ask you. I, be honest. No with offense. You. If you're playing for Babcock and you're sitting in there and you're, you know, uh, a five-year veteran on the team. Okay. Super happy to be there. Babcock says, P throw the phone over, bud. Let's uh, take a picture of uh, the fam and uh, this, that, and the other. What do you say to him? Well, do I, can I find the photo and select it for him to look at, or he gets to troll through my phone? Let's just, let's call it trolling through your phone. I smash it right there on the spot and say, sorry, Babs, my phone's not working. Sorry, Babs. I don't want to play your game. I would not do that. And you know, I wouldn't do that. You know, I wouldn't do that. I, I like people are, people fear coaches. Oh my God. It's crazy. And what we're getting into here is Mike Babcock has a history. It's not a great history, depending on the way you look at it. If you look at it, wins and losses, he's got a great history. If you look at the type of person he is and how he's treated people in the past, he's got the worst um, history or one of the worst histories as a coach. So all this stuff is going to be targeted. Now, Mike, Backup, Mike Babcock might be doing this all in a great, fun environment where we on the outside, like Bizanet on the outside, and now all of a sudden you have former players that played for Mike Babcock that are saying, he's doing it again. He's doing it again. That's what he did. They don't know the context in which is happening. People are just speculating because they can't let go. Like Mike Commodore, who I love, longtime NHL defenseman in this league, is still talking about Mike Babcock from 20 years ago. 20 years ago. And he can't let it go. Can't let it go. No, we still talk about Lindy. Pretty much every show. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I, I've said this in the past. I've said this in the past. Lindy Ruff, as a coach, Thomas Vanek has spoke. Thomas Vanek got fucking abused. Derek Roy got abused by Lindy Ruff and how hard Lindy Ruff was on those star players. He went out. He didn't go after the little guys. Lindy Ruff didn't go after the little guys. He went after the best. The best had to be the best. Because if the best you know weren't the did? best, do you know what he did? He never he 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 went after their. He might have been too hard on guys, but he went after their games. He didn't go after them as people. And yes. he yep. always he always and I'll say this about Lindy almost to a fault. I don't feel like he roasted guys publicly. No, he protected them. I think there roasted. are nights where I think he roasted guys where, behind the scenes when yes, we're watching think, video. I think there are nights where he may have had to use names in terms of performance because it was just undeniable how bad players yeah. were. Yep. But I don't think he buried guys in the media. I don't ever. In fact, in fact, I know I can tell you on at least two occasions 
he defended me in the media by name and yep. incident. And I've never forgotten that. I mean, yep. I those are things. I mean, when I think back about Lindy Ruff, I mean, I have some, I have some unfortunate memories, but at the same time, I also have a ton of respect for him, and I like Lindy. Yeah. And well, he's I, an, I saw he's an him. incredible person. He is I an incredible the, person. The generate thing, and I, I, uh, I went over and said hello, shook his hand. He and I don't really have anything to talk about yeah. in common. I mean, yep. we're totally different phases of our life, and. But I respect him, went over and said hello, shook his hands. Then when uh, Timmy and uh, Clark went over and uh, chatted with Lindy, I, I went over and busted their balls a little bit on it with the FaceTime with Vanek. But, I mean, there's nothing more than that. But I The always, point what I'm trying I'm to get at here with Lindy is Lindy was an extremely tough coach from the time he came here in Buffalo and what was that mid nineties or late nineties when, when Lindy Ruff stepped into his position here in Buffalo, he was as tough as nails. He demanded the very best from every single one of his players. And you may have not enjoyed your time with Lindy Ruff and the way that he coached because he was tough. But here's the difference. It wasn't Lindy always about Ruff me, though. Was it was about loved. how he treated my teammates and friends, too. Like It wasn't always about me. It was just like, oh, if he can, if he's going to do that to him, what makes you think he's not going to do that to me? Yeah. That's where that comes from. It's it's more, as a team, you know, you're a fucking pack. Yeah. I guess my, my thing is... in the Columbus organization could be creating a serious issue right now because you got Boone Jenner and Goudreau defending the coach. And you got somebody sneaking all these stories behind the scenes. Allegedly, it happened to a young up-and-coming prospect. Well, fuck, we know you could probably narrow that right down. What kind of shit are they trying to start? You know what I mean? Like, the season's mm -hmm. about to start. The team just sucked ass last year. You've made some major moves, got a new coach. Shut up and, start, and go play hockey. Well, it's tough to do that when you have, uh, you know, Paul Bissonnette spitting chiclets. It's a very, very big platform for them to speak on. And they're getting text messages from players, former players behind the scenes that are hearing stuff from Columbus Blue Jackets players. So there's a whole spin of stuff that stinks to high hell. My only thing is, um, you know, maybe maybe there are some of the some of these things that um, are raising eyebrows, but maybe maybe they're not. We don't know. We don't know. We don't have that that concrete information. I will say this, though. You know, Paul Bissonnette, um, very loud personality and very big following in the hockey world, sent a tweet out the other day. That was that was kind of like a bit, a bit of a, a a jaw dropper, and and what he had to say about Babcock, and for me, you know, everybody kind of um, jumped on him a little bit because you know they're sitting there saying the same thing I am, like you don't know, you don't, you weren't in the dressing room, you don't know what's going on, you had. Um, the captain of the team come and defend Mike Babcock, right? Then he comes back with another tweet the next day. And he just says, listen, if you think I'm going to send a tweet out on a, just on a whim, you're crazy. There's evidence that I know of players that are telling me what happened in that dressing room. And it's not right. I hope they can figure that out, and I hope that we don't see that Babcock bullshit again. Um, I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt. He's been out of the game for quite some time. He's a hell of a he's a hell of a coach. In <laughs> a certain context, he he can win hockey games. It's going to be interesting to see how the future goes with Babcock in Columbus. So I'm driving down the road yesterday in the South Towns. I don't want to be specific. And traffic is moving a little slow. And there's an accident. There's a guy on a motorcycle off to the side. There's an ambulance and there's a car and there's a police officer. So I'm slowly driving past. It looked like the medic was attending to the motorcyclist. And I just casually drove by, rolled my window down, and I yelled, 800, 
555-5555. Call Salino Law. The guy kind of looked back at me. I said, seriously, call Salino Law. <laughs> yeah, gave me a thumbs up, and I just kept rolling. I was like, keep on rocking in the free world, man. Come on. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. So if you're hurt in a crash, call Salino Law. 800-555-5555. All right, so you mentioned something to me today about prospect camp being open. Is that happening? Um, yeah, I'm so out of, I'm, I'm going to be completely honest. I'm so out of the loop with school starting and I just, I don't, first of all, can I, why do we care so much about prospect camp these days? When, when did that become? We don't, I I don't care about prospect camp at all. I mean, there's so much emphasis being paid to go watch those kids. I wouldn't go because I don't care about that. Get to the main camp, you know, get to the main camp. And then it's ultimately about the veteran players going there setting the tone and treating that camp like it means something and getting ready for the season. And on top of that, I would be looking for out of these young players, which one is going to step above the rest? I'm not asking a, a, a young rookie uh, like Savoy or Coolidge or any one of those young studs. I'm not asking those guys to look like Tage Thompson or Alex Tuck. I'm asking them to elevate their game above the rest of the young Just peers. Kind of get noticed. Get noticed. Yeah. Which one of those guys is gonna is gonna break out and just be like, "Holy shit! Look at this! Look at this kid play." That's what I want to see. And which one's it going to be? Is it going to be Isaac Rosen? Former first round pick a couple of years ago. Is it going to be him? It's going to what be does Coolidge? it matter if they have great camps or not? There's no space on this team anyway. Well, listen, I mean, if it, this is the first step for these young players. Now, I've, I've, we've, we've all seen this. You've seen it. I've seen it. All the people that go to social media and, and read on the Sabres, you have people that love to send out their, their 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 lineups in which they see this team could be and you know we have a player right now that's a very 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 good player um very young player but i really had high expectations for him and that was jack quinn okay he's going to be out so it's got to be filled and we have many people out there i shouldn't say many i shouldn't say many that's that's wrong but there are some opinions that we should have matt savoy in there or we should have Yari Kulich in there. Oh my God, no! And for so, me, so, yeah, I, we know where you stand. Please, please, I don't, I don't. Just throw, honestly, just throw Victor Olafson there. Let these guys marinate. I don't give a shit what you do. Just if you, if Olafson's on this team, that's where he should play because you need a sniper there. I'm sorry, don't, don't replace him with one of these kids. And the other thing I was going to say, and I, I mean, is it too premature to say that the Jack Quinn? Injury is a big loss. I view that as a big loss. That line had. Some I, I, I view it as a, I view it as a loss. I view it as a bigger loss than maybe kind of what we give it credit for because I think um, I had higher expectations for him last year. Maybe unfair expectations. We went on shred and ragging at the start of the year, and I compared this kid to Thomas Vanek's first season in the league, and that might have been unfair expectation. I'm not saying he heard that and felt pressure, but I'm saying that might have been too much for me to expect from him. Now he had a decent year. I thought he. I thought he had a really solid year. He showed I, I, some like unbelievable promise and skill, a skill set that we really need around here. And that's a, a right hand shot shooter, young prospect, up and coming sniper is what he is. Right, he's pure sniper. So he's pure in a sniper, but he's also. Yeah, I, I got. I really enjoyed to, him because he's score. very fast. Yeah, he's. he's but he what also makes play is, too. Yeah, okay, yes, but he's here to score goals. He's a goal scorer. Thomas Vanek was brought in here to be be one of the team's premier goal scorers, and I compared them because they're right wingers. Well, I believe Quinn plays both. Vanek played both, actually. Vanek actually will tell you that he preferred the left side as a right-hand shot. Um, but I just viewed him as a, as a big loss. What were his numbers last year? Did he have 12, 15 goals? Uh, I think he... I th- I'm going to look him up. I think he had 14 goals, but uh, I just want to make sure on that. Yes, he did have 14 goals and 37 points. How many games? 14 goals, 
37 points in 75 games. Okay. Um, he, he's a 25 goal guy this year. That's what he should be putting yeah, up after that. I, year. That's yes. that's what I wanted from him. I thought he was capable of that last year, but I think the adjustment, all that, that's fine. That's fine. When Voigt Vanek came in, he was playing with Roy Pominville, Afinaganoff, you know, yeah. all these guys. So he was having some really good line mates and chemistry, and we were a really good team. And he was used on the power play. And I think I think Quinn will be that player here, but I think this was the year where for sure I think those expectations were realistic and fair to expect him to get yeah. 20 still he's still a young kid like he's he's going to be turning uh 22 years old on the 19th of september this is he's a had... this is a super young kid still yeah. he's got a long 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 way to go i hope and i, I really hope was excited about injury. this year i hope he's not injury prone because he had an abdominal a couple years ago which is normal a lot of guys have abdominal surgeries and return from that now he has an achilles injury I mean, I I worry about the wear and tear of some guys' bodies. Not all hockey players step on the ice and they're all built the same and their bodies can endure the same. Yes. Some guys' bodies are just different. It's I mean, maybe they're more prone to injuries. I'm sure you yeah. play with a ton of guys like that. Well, listen, I mean, you, people people give me shit all the time because I sit there and I go, Well, this guy's six foot two and he weighs two hundred and eighteen pounds. Okay. I say that because um, Jack Quinn, who is a phenomenal hockey player, he skates exceptionally well. He's got vision. He's got a shot of the ages. He is a very talented young man, but he's six feet tall, 176 pounds. 176 pounds. There's a big difference between a young man who's 176 and a kid who's 218. Right? There's a difference. Some get some with the wear and tear, their bodies wear down quicker. That's it. Um, but anyway, here and there. Can't wait until uh, I hope Jack Quinn is. Uh, I hope they don't rush him. That's my big thing. He's young. Let this young man come back when he's ready to fire on all cylinders and just put him right back on the Cousins and Paterka line because that's going to be a hell of a line for not only this year, but many, many years to come after. And uh, let him go. Let him go. So we'll see what happens. You know, it. Uh, well, none of I these kids, this... we, we started this conversation because of the prospects. None of these kids should be here. In fact, when I look at them, when I look at them, I bait, all I see is just dollar signs and currency. That's all I see. None of them. Have, actually, sorry. That sounds way too drastic. Few of these players, of the ones that everyone's going to watch, will ever play here for me. You already got your core for the next few years. These guys are not. They're going to be traded for the pieces that are going to go on the third and fourth line and your fourth and fifth and sixth defenseman maybe. Who knows? Yeah. But these are all trade pieces to me, in my opinion. I, I, from what I've watched, and it has not been a lot. From what I've watched of Yari Kulich, he is a player that we absolutely want to keep in this lineup. He's got offensive abilities. He skates well. He understands uh, both ends of the ice. Someone that's, Someone that's really interesting. Uh, the Zach Benson, the kid that was just drafted this year, you know, he he is not a huge kid. He's not a small, like he's 5'10". He's 170 pounds. But um, the way that this, this young man tracks the puck and his skill set and his hunger for the puck, it's not, you don't need to be, you know, 6'3 and 220 pounds all the time. There's nothing wrong with having players that play like this young man. He is hard and fast and aggressive on pucks and insanely, insanely skilled. 98 points he had in 60 games last year. I think he was third in league scoring as a 17-year-old kid. That's insane. So, you know, I think uh, a Zach Benson is, is going to need another year playing junior hockey. I really do believe that. Let him just go absolutely shred that league and 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 reevaluate after the next year. Is I think Yari Coolidge. Is that even a question that he's going back to junior? 
No, it's not. It's not a question. Yeah, um, it's it's, a, it's more. It's a statement. But here's the thing: you have Zach Benson, who's 18 years old. He's going to play as an 18 year old. He's going to go and shred that league in the Western Hockey League next year. Well, what do you do with him at 19? You can't send him back to junior. So you have to make a decision. Why can't you send him back to junior? Because you're Why not going to put that kid in the in 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 a in an environment that he has already conquered. Well, I don't conquered. Yes, conquered, conquered, conquered. Uh, really? The guy's outgrown junior. It's like, has mm-hmm. he? Okay, so he's outgrown junior. Well, did he win a Memorial Cup last year? Did he lead his team to Memorial Cup? Was he one of the top players in the league in scoring? I mean, if these players are ready to what step out, what the fuck does that matter? If he won a fucking Memorial Cup. Well, if you're a dominant hockey player, you're playing a long time in the postseason. I mean, there have been guys that have put up 90 points, 100 points in junior for years. That doesn't mean he's ready for the NHL. He was third. He was third in Good. scoring in do the Western again. Hockey League. And if he was first next year, then guess what? Go back 80. and do it again. Sign him to his entry-level deal. He's 17 years old. He has 36 goals and 98 points. Why do what I'm to... saying is, if he as a, as a 16-year-old, he had 25 goals, 63 points in 58 games. Fantastic. The next year, this year, this year, he is going to go and shred that Western Hockey League. And if he does so, and he puts up 125 points, and he's the number one leader point producer in the WHL, he should not be playing in the WHL at 19. You know that he's signed already, right, Zach Benson? Yes, I do. So the best thing for the Sabres to do, which is I don't understand why these kids sign these deals. I know, I mean, I do because they get the $95,000 signing bonus. But the best thing about this for the team is that now they own him. This can turn into a five-year contract. Send him back to junior this year. It doesn't burn a year of his deal. It slides a year. Mm -hmm. Send him back to junior next year. He leads the WHL in scoring this year. Let me finish. Send him back to junior next year. Okay dominate again first year of the entry-level deal starts when he's 20 and he goes right to rochester and now you have him for three years and if he's ready for listen if he's ready for the nhl great why do you need him in the nhl can't go to you can't go to rochester he is leading the whl in scoring one of the top goal scorers in the WHL. If he does that at the age of 18, then he is ready for the NHL or damn near close to it. The problem no, with no, Benson he's not. Fuck. If he leaves the if he leads the WHL in scoring next year, he is ready for the NHL. I don't believe that. Why, what don't, don't you? What don't, don't you believe? Argue with you about it? What don't it just, you It's going to sound. It's going to. You think Dylan Cousins was ready for the NHL when he played forty-one games, four goals, nine assists, thirteen points? I don't either. What about the next year? Seventy-nine games, thirteen goals, twenty-five. You assists. know how many points yeah. that Dylan Cousins had in his second year in his in his year that he um, scored. Um, Year he was drafted. The year he was drafted was what year was he drafted? 2019. So in the 2019, he played 68 games, had 34 goals, and he had 84 points. Zach Benson had 36 goals, 98 points. Okay, 98 points. In 58 games. Am I right on that? Help me out. Okay. 60 games. In 60 games. Dylan Cousins played 50 or 68 games and had 84 points. Zach Benson played 60 games, eight less games, and had 98 points. So what I'm trying to say is Dylan Cousins, what did he do? He followed his up with another season. In 50 games, 51 games, he had 38 goals and 85 points. If Zach Benson goes and shreds the Western Hockey League next year and exceeds these numbers 
of, of Dylan Cousins. He'll be in the NHL next year because the next year, Dylan Cousins was playing in the NHL. So give your head a shake. Just, just say yes, Rivs. You're totally right. If he's fucking, if he's literally leading let's the just, WHL in yeah, points, you know what? Let's just, he's, uh, be let's just, for, let's he's just, going to be in the NHL the year after. Well, let's just guarantee, let's just guarantee him a, a that should just that's a rite of passage right there. Lead the WHL in scoring, rite of passage right to the NHL. It's a fucking joke. It's not a joke. It's not a joke. You're telling me he's going to fit on this team in two years. He better not yes. fit on this fucking team in two years. Why? Well, because I'm assuming the Skinner Thompson Tuck line will still be together. Still be together. Okay. Cousins, Paterka, Quinn. Hopefully they're all still be together. together. Yeah. Um, well, you probably want Middlestat around, and then I don't know who, but I don't know. Benjamin, maybe Middlestat gets moved on. Maybe he does, but that because means if you're going to have to pay Middlestat. Third, that's not your. That's not the right kind of third line center line. Third line that you need. His guy is if he's going to lead the WHL in scoring, wouldn't he one day project to be a top two line scorer? Because that's where the top scorers play. So now he's going to out outbeat, outplay all these other guys. He's a winger. Drafted. Benson's so, a winger. You know how many Yari Kulich, you, you can't you tell said me Yari Kulich, who's going to play another year in the minors this year. And let's say that this year he has a breakout you know year the in the minors. The, the players on the team think that he's the best prospect of all of them. Players on the Buffalo Sabres right now say Yari Kulich is the best prospect that the Sabres have. Yeah, very, very possible. But what I'm saying in one calendar year from now, Yari Kulich has his second year in the minors. He's going to play his 19-year-old year in the minors. Let's just say that he plays incredible and ends in the top and top five in scoring, okay? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Let's say that Zach Benson goes and has a year of his years in the WHL. They're going to be on the team next year. One year from now, they will both be on the team. Yari Kulich is your center. You're going to have Benson as your left winger. You got to find a veteran right winger. Done. Done. That's it. Got to earn it. You got to perform. But we're talking insanely highly talented, skilled hockey players. Kevin Adams does not have to go out and sign a multitude of players. He's basically just marinating these young stars because the Sabres have sucked so bad for so long that it's finally paying off. That's why I said it's all currency, man. It's all currency. So and then, I don't I don't and then you're still talking about Matt Savoy, so who doesn't have a spot here. And so does Isaac Rosen, doesn't have a spot here. And so does Oslin. He won't have a spot here. Those well, are Matt guys Savoy, that you Matt can Savoy train. has to go back to junior too. Because he didn't start the season very well last year. He didn't make the world junior team. Those are expectations that he needs to you have to send him back to accomplish those. Yes. He's not he's not here this year. For me, he's also signed, so he's also going to be on a thousand also, percent. He should not and, be. And I don't uh, want any of these nine-game experiments either with these kids. If you need players, take the next best player in your organization. Don't just hand kids these these nine games or five games or three games before they go back to junior. Don't do it. These I think in are, some ways it can it can help. Okay, it, I think it helped Owen Power by having those what seven games at the end of his Michigan that's career at the end, end of a season. To, end of a season but that's beneficial at the end of a season when the season's over but not the start of a season where the first five six seven eight nine ten games are critical to your team's success this year yeah anyway 95 points 95 points he had last year matt savoy 38 goals 95 points in 62 games 
And what I would say to him, he's a year older than Benson. I would say your job is to go and lead the league in, in, in points. That's it. Go and shred that. Play the right way. And World Juniors. Play the right way. And World Juniors, yes. But he didn't get picked last year because he had a really slow start to his season. It didn't go over. It didn't go over very well. well maybe um, that was a, maybe that was a up, motivation for him. Yeah, yeah. It, it, listen, I mean, I, I'm sure it was. They they probably calmed him down and just said, "Listen, go play your game. Just go play your game. Put any pressure on yourself. Just go play the game that you love." Yeah. Well, but those who those two players in the Western Hockey League, Benson and Savoy. Watch them. So watch them. To, to sum it up, this is way too long of a prospect discussion that I'd like to have. But you know who I spoke to today for a few minutes before we get out of here? Who? Sean McMorrow. Really? Yes. So you're going to apologize to him for knocking his head off when he was on his Oh, knees. no. We've, we've spoken. Godless. We've godless spoken play. many times since we've retired and, and everything. So he does a podcast. So I'm going to go up to Toronto next week, and I'm going to do his podcast with him. And we'll, we'll steal the audio, and we'll air it on here. But we had an unbelievable conversation this morning, and I told him about the story I told you. And he's like, you know what, Petey? He goes, here's what people don't understand. And he said this is kind of like out of the blue. He's like, people don't understand that you and I were roommates. We hung out together the most of any two players. I'll tell you a hilarious story about Mac, okay? So Mac Mac was a rookie. He was a big, tough guy, okay? And Denny Hamel, who was one of the biggest dickheads I ever played with, he was down in the minors on a one-way deal. And he had a shitty attitude. And he was just, he was just a dick. It's just a dick. So I was the movie guy. I had the bus. I like the, we had a long bus trip coming up and I had put a piece of tape at the front uh, with a paper at the front of the thing. Cause I met this guy who owned a movie store in Rochester and he started giving, he gave our team all the movies for the, for the road, like gave them to us. We'd go in and be like, Hey, we need about five, six movies. But like, here you go, boys, take them and just bring them back. When you get back from the trip, right? We give them tickets to the games and stuff. It was just a great relationship. So I said, hey, boys, I'm going to go pick up the movies uh, today before we get on the bus. I said, write down any movie requests that you might have. So there's like three or four movie requests on there. And I said after I said before practice went on the ice, I said, guys, I'm leaving right after practice to go. I said, so make sure you write down some movies. And, and Denny Hamel yells, how about shut the fuck up, Petey? That sounds like a good movie. Okay. And no one said anything. Everyone's kind of like, oh, okay. So I didn't say anything. I just kept it totally quiet. I was like, oh, okay, Denny. Ha, ha, yeah. So Mac, Mac heard him say it. And he goes, oh, what the fuck was that? And I go, I don't know. He goes, fuck. So after practice, I, we're all stretching. Guys are shooting around. Denny Hamel's down at the one end. And I skate over to Mac and I get on a knee and we're stretching together. And I said, hey, I'm going to go address Denny. You want to stand over my back shoulder? And he goes, fucking right, I do. So I skate over to Denny Hamel. I tap him on the ass and I go, hey, Denny. And Mac's standing right there, like ready to shake his gloves. And he goes, hey, and I go, hey, Denny, the fuck was that all about? He goes, oh, Petey, uh, I was just uh, messing around, you know? I'm like, no, I don't. I said, you ever do that again? I'll fucking beat the shit out of you. In fact, I'll beat the fucking shit out of you right now. And I go, Mac's here to make sure that happens. He goes, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And he fucking skated away. I said, no problem. We played junior together. And when he came to the team in junior, we got along right away. I mean, he was a tough guy in junior. I mean, the tough guys stick together, man. It's not an easy spot, but we were roommates. We were roommates on the road in, in the minors. And oh my God. Anyway, so I had a great chat with him today. I told him to go listen to the, uh, to the story that I told you about training camp. And you know what he said to me? He goes, I have that video. He said, someone sent me that video of us coming off the bench and fighting. Yeah, he has it. He's going to get it for us. I'm also yeah. talking to, you know, who I'm talking to today again is uh, 3.30. I'm going on his pod. Terry Ryan. Really? Terry Ryan asked me to come on. I don't know what we're talking about, but we all, I love talking to that guy. And he's my quite, first. He's quite the actor, eh? This guy's incredible. 
He's in, he's in the, I don't know if if that's a Canadian show, Shorzy. Yeah. Yeah. He's into acting. Meathead hockey uh, lover. Um, You've got to look up the show Shorzy. And Terry Ryan is one of the actors in it, which is, it's actually been going, it's been going really well, Shorzy. But quick story about Terry Ryan. He was my very first pro fight. So in a rookie camp in Kitchener, there was Montreal, the Rangers, Toronto, and Carolina, and Buffalo, all at this rookie rookie tournament in Kitchener, Ontario. And this is 1998. So we play Montreal, and there's I fought two guys that game. I fought Terry Ryan the first period, and then I fought Francois Bochman, who was a sneaky, sneaky, tough, tough lefty defenseman who played a long time in the league. But so Terry Ryan and I have a great fight. Next thing you know, after the game, we're standing in the lobby, kind of figuring out what we're going to do for food because we were on our own. And Terry Ryan walks up to me and he introduces himself. And he's like, hey, man, Terry Ryan, great fight. He had a black eye. He's like, great fight, man. You're going to, you know, it was fucking great. Have a good camp, all this stuff. And I couldn't believe it. It was like one of the, it was my first time interacting with a, with a guy I fought with right after a game. And it was actually uncomfortable but cool at the same time you know what i mean how honorable that was for him to do yeah so that taught me a valuable lesson that you respect your opponents i mean i thought that once you fight you just hate each other but at the same time it's it wasn't that and what he did by coming up to me that day showed me that it's okay to respect the guys that you're fighting because they're going through the same thing you are right and it's it was a it was a big moment so i'm going on his show today i'll tell him you said hello That's a wrap on another episode of After the Whistle. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, After the Whistle, and at Craig Reve 52 at The Instigator76. And you can find us, as you already know, on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube, and anywhere else where you can get your podcasts. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to spread the word.